Welcome to the Faith Community Church Podcast, a ministry of Faith Community Church in South Boston, Virginia. This week, we have a special guest with us to encourage you to deepen your faith in Jesus Christ. I wanted to thank you all for allowing me to be here today. It is a blessing for what I do. I do not currently have a church that I am a pastor of. I am currently looking. Um, what I do is I work for Liberty University in a way where we, can, we are pulpit supply, where we go out to churches who do not have pastors. We fill the supply room for the pastors, and you guys get to hear different people, different outlooks, different ideas, different styles of preaching. So that's what I do as, as of right now. I also work at Clayton Homes. I build homes for a living. So... Uh, well, God has always provided for me a way to support, you know, my family and my big family. So it's been a blessing. Brother Mark, I want to pray for you, definitely. I've been in ministry for over 10 years, voluntarily, as a deacon, as a men's ministry leader, as a pastor, even as a youth minister. Ministry is not an easy job. It's not the things that we have to deal with the loss of loved ones, seeing people who are sick, fighting with illnesses, mental illnesses. There are blessings. Sure there are, but it is a lot to take on, brother. So I'm definitely going to be praying for you, and you'll be my heart for that, brother. Uh, also, I was, a, I was in the Army from 2009 to 2014. I did serve one year in Iraq. I was an infantryman. It was not an easy job. I guess you'd say, like my, my family says, they say, Dwayne, you took on the hardest things you could possibly do, and you got out of it. And I said, well, God's going to provide more things for me to do, and I'll just trust that his way is the way I should follow. I also went to school at Liberty University. I have two degrees from there. It's a funny story. I was actually one class away from getting an engineer degree. God had put it on my heart to go into ministry. I completely changed everything. Went to Liberty University, got a bachelor's in biblical studies in 2016. And in 2019, I got my master's in divinity with a specialization in youth and family ministries. God has been a blessing. So I am here today to give his word to you. We'll be reading out of Isaiah 48. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Isaiah 48, and then we will get started. Before I pray, my question to you is how we don't recognize God. How is it that we don't recognize him? What are some things that happen? And what is the plan to set us free by God's redemption? So let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we just come to you. We could give you praise. We honor your name. We had a wonderful set of music, Lord God. We, we sang with our hearts. We gave our, everything we could, Lord. And we want to continue to do that. We don't want to do it just for a time period or, or just an event. But Lord God, even when we get out of here, Lord God, let us be filled with the Spirit enough to, to change the environment that we live in today. There's division. There's, there's so many different things that stop us from wanting to serve you. And Lord God, let us overcome those things. Let us see your blessings. Let us recognize your blessings. Let us not be stubborn. Let us not be hypocritical because we're, we say that we follow you. And Lord God, let us be faithful in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. So would you all say that we're slaves to the world? I would go on to say, yes, we are. During the times they had endangered servants, even Israelites were slaves. They were used for cheap labor in Egypt and to build the many things for the Pharaoh. But also there's other forms of slavery, the selling of personal body, warfare, and just different ways of hurting others to do will for you. See, we are enslaved to this world, passengers in bondage to sin, but not for good. That's the beautiful thing of it. God has a plan to redeem all who are held here. That is the message of hope that we have for today. I'm not just going to doom and gloom you by telling you what's going on in today's world, but also offer a way of salvation by through Jesus Christ alone. We must first follow God and trust him. That is the first thing. And in verse 1 through 8, it is God's indictment. Then in verses 9 through 11, it shows God's patience. And in verse 12 through 22, it shows God's plan. Are we ready? See, we are stubborn and hypocritical. I'm going to first read for you verses 1 through 8. The word of God says this, Hear this, O house of Jacob, who are called by the name of Israel, and have come forth from the wellsprings of Judea, who swear by the name of the Lord and make mention of the God of Israel. But now in truth or in righteousness, for they call themselves after the holy city and lean on the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. I have declared the former things from the beginning. They went forth from my mouth, and I caused them to hear it. Suddenly I did them, and they came to pass, because I knew that you were obstinate. And your neck was as iron sinew, and your brow bronze. Even from the beginning, I have declared it to you. Before it came to pass, I proclaimed it to you. Lest you should say, my idol has done them, and my carved image and my molded image have commanded them. You have heard, see all this, and will not declare it. I have made you hear new things from this time, even hidden things, and you did not know them. They are created now and not from the beginning, and before this day you have not heard them. Lest you should say, oh, of course I knew them. Surely you did not hear. Surely you did not know. And surely from a long ago your ear was not opened. For I knew that you would deal very treacherously and were called a transgressor from the womb. That is, that is very powerful that he is, Isaiah is speaking to the Israelites, they closed their ears to God's warning. By refusing to turn their sins in idolatry, they claimed to know the Lord but chose not to obey the commands. In history, we've seen this before, have we not? In the time when they got to see the promised land, what happened? It talks about it in, in, in the story of Gideon. There was a generation of people who stopped following the Lord. They came to the promised land and they said, yep. We got this promised land. We got what we wanted. We got what Abraham was supposed to be giving us. He gave us the promised land. They immediately stopped looking and seeking Christ. That was one time. During the time of the Israelites, when they were taken over by the Assyrians, they found idols. They started incorporating themselves into the different environments. 
they decided to close their ears to God. Now, Isaiah addresses them as the house of Jacob. That's a, that, that is an, a very important address. Every Jew is considered Jacob's descendants and his sons as the ancient people of God and considered himself to be descendants of one of the tribes, the 12 tribes. They thought that they were the chosen ones. See, first, the Jews claimed to be Israel and Judea, meaning being of the right race. Sometimes do we ask ourselves, we're perfect, right? Because we're Christians. I, I'm, I am perfectly right because I'm righteous because I am now a Christian. No, we are sinners at heart. We, are fa- we fail from the beginning. When Adam failed, the sin came down and further and further into further generations. And even today, we have a sinful nature in our hearts. Just because they, were the descend- they thought that they were descendants of, the, of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, they thought that they were above everything else. Then secondly, they took an oath to his name. By using this, they referred to the, they would go on to say that they believed and worshipped the Lord. They believed God would keep his promises to his people. Even in today's society, we have people who come up and say they know the Lord but never really spend time with them. What, in what ways can we spend time with the Lord? Well, he says to go home in your private space in prayer. He says to come like we are today corporately and pray together, learn together, and read together, to grow together in Christ and in his name. But to believe and worship him, it's not just emotion. It's not something you just do once a week and then you go on to the world and say, you know what, I'm a part of the world. Isn't that what the Israelites did from time to time? Are we going to learn from the people that started before us? The Bible is a beautiful thing. And I've, I've said this since the beginning of my ministry. The Bible is like a house. I know, right? I work at Clayton Homes. It's, it's, it's so funny because the Old Testament is the foundation. You learn what happened in the beginning, what they did wrong, what they tried to do that, was, that could make it better, what, what things we needed to learn. Then you think about the New Testament, the Gospels. That's the framework, right? That is to everything that Jesus walked along the side of the people of this earth to show them how to act, what to do, how to be. And then you have the rest of the New Testament. It's the finished product, right? Everything comes to an end. We talk about the book of Revelations. What happens at the end? We all wonder, when is the end times? Only God knows the end times. But are we going to be the ones that are prepared for it? Or are we going to test fate? Being a worshiper and a believer, you don't do it just once a day. You don't just do it one day a month. Or one day a week. Every day when you wake up, you thank God for a new day. You thank God for the family that you're given. You thank God for the house that you have. And even the smallest victories are considered blessings because God is with you. Then they claimed to have highly esteem because they were in the city of Jerusalem. They were so, they were so infatuated with the place 
that they forgot to realize what God was and who God was. God was with them. They forgot that. It's just like a building. So many people want churches that are, that are like astronomically big with high steeples and glass windows. All these materialistic things that go away. But I tell you, if you have Christ in your heart, you have Him in you. You are now the temple. Treat your body, your heart, and your mind and your soul as if. Then they claim to trust and rely on God. I remember in certain times they, they would praise another God for rain. They would praise God for fertility. But it wasn't Jesus Christ. They were looking into all these worldly things. They saw that people were worshiping other idols, and they decided they were going to do the same thing. Does that remind you of today? Look out in the world today. Churches are declining. They are. I guarantee you guys probably had a lot more people than this one before the COVID hit. And a lot of people had fear in their hearts. They were so scared. They, would, they stopped everything. They stopped ministries. They stopped helping. They stopped seeing where people were at in their walk. And it was a terrible thing. It was something that as churches we all had to navigate through. We had to find out what is the new normal. They did not trust and rely on God to move them to where they needed to be to help someone in the time of need. But their actions did not support their claims. They were hypocritical. And aren't we hypocritical at times? The Israels were stubborn despite getting all the blessings from God. Every single time God promised something, he delivered. They got to see it firsthand. Even in my life, I have seen God promise things and seen them been fulfilled. I asked God, I, I, was, I remember I was overseas and I said, God, please provide me a family. Provide me with children one day. Provide me a chance to love and encourage and embrace the little ones. Now I have four of them. Two of them overcame death. Two of them. And it wasn't because I sat there and lived in the world and, and just trusted in only the doctors. No, I trusted in God. I went the first time I saw something with my daughter, the first thing I did was pray. We ask ourselves, well, what, what should we do? How do we get in contact with God? It's so easy. He is right there with you. Where two or more are gathered, he's in your presence. He's here today. When you're alone and you're feeling discomforted, he's walking with you. And if you ever read the, wrote the poem, The Footprints, sometimes he's even carrying you to where he needs you to be. They did not rely and trust in God at that time. And God foretold a number of the events, and they were in fact came true. Adam's call and his promise. The deliverance of their forefathers from Egyptian bondage. The establishment of a nation and a law. The promised land. The deliverance of Israel from Assyrian oppression. 
there's just some of the instances where God promised an event and he fulfilled it. Not one of their idols did any of this. But they claimed to have idols who do it. They didn't see God as the only true God. He predicted the future and made it happen. But they had stubborn hearts. They hardened their hearts, just like Pharaoh did. Couldn't believe that God would take his first Even after all the plagues that had happened, he still hardened his heart to God. They became blind to God's Pharisees. Do we want to become blind? Do, do we want to not see the blessings that are right in front of us? And if you look at it, it explains the Pharisees and, and Jesus during that time. They could not see right in front of them that Jesus, the Messiah, was walking among them. They instead wanted so much control. They wanted power that they decided to take out the one person that was going to save them all. You ask yourselves, when, they, when Jesus came, they, they thought that the Savior was going to save them from a Roman oppression. See, they, they, they didn't see the bigger picture. They were looking for something that wasn't going to happen. Jesus wasn't coming to destroy the earth. He wasn't coming to destroy the people that were oppressing his people. He was coming to share the love of God, to change the hearts of people around him. And then, like today's Bible study, we read from Romans. Paul is the perfect example. He persecuted Christians. He tortured them. Now he, he wrote half, more than half of the New Testament. God uses his people to change the lives of the sin around us. Secondly, God has patience. We could be faced with punishment and death as we speak. We are sinful in nature, but God has given us time to repent. Here's where the hope's coming in. Even though we do terrible things, he sees the bigger picture and continues to love us. If he did not love us, he could do what he wants and take us all up now. The ones who believe, the ones who repented, the ones who believe in God. But he hasn't. He asked that you seek him out. He asked for that relationship with you. He is our creator and he wants that loving relationship with you. And he's giving you the time to get right with him. That is just part of his patience. And we will be delivered from sin and bondage because of him. Now, four reasons for delaying. God is patient, showing mercy so that his people will praise his name. This is in verse 9, which I will go to read. It says, For my name's sake I will defer my anger, and my, for my praise I will restrain it from you, so that I do not cut you off. There's the word right there. His way of sharing his love with you is to not put anger against you, not restrain you, not hurt you from having a relationship with him. And then in verse 10 and 11, it says, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, my own sake, I will do it. 
for how should my name be profaned? And I will not give you, give me, if you, I will not give my glory to another. It says that seeing the sin infected and, and how, many, how much it was infected in people's lives. It won't be delayed so you can get right with God now. Not wait. And so that your sins can be forgiven and you shall be provided a way to salvation. That's our job. That's our job as Christians. We talk about praising God. We talk about believing and trusting God. What is the one thing he asked us to do predominantly in the gospel? Matthew 28, Mark 16, he says, Go out into the world and make disciples. That is our job. We ask ourselves, what are we supposed to be doing? That is it. Well, what is discipleship? What, how do we disciple? That, that, that's the biggest word today in most churches. It's easy. Building relationships. It's so amazing when you go up to somebody that you know and that you trust and you have a personal bond with them. That you have that personal trust with them. That you begin to have a relationship. See, and during that time of relationship, you get to see the struggles, the trials, the tribulations, the things that are happening in people's lives that need God to be intervened. That is where discipleship comes in. You provide God and this word of God to the people so they know who your God is. And if you believe in your heart that he has all these possibilities that he can do, he can move mountains, he can change a heart. He can bring Lazarus from the dead, he can make somebody new again. It's very easy. Second, he is patient by showing mercy in order to refine his people from the furnace of affliction. We are refined through our hardships and our sufferings. If we all went through easy lives, we wouldn't be able to help anybody, would we? But I'm going to tell you, just like you, brother, I have heart issues. I have to take medicine for it. I've had it for about two years. See, that's my way of being able to help him. I've suffered through it, I know. God has put that in my path so one day I can help somebody else. And I pray that at the end of the, the service today, if you don't mind, I'll lay my hands on you. And if you want the elders to lay their hands on you as well, that will be fine. If not, we can just come up and we will pray for you because I was going to do it anyway. But we go through hardships. Some of us lose a father. Some of us lose a best friend. Some of us lose a job. In the past three years, I, I, I've, I've, I've lost jobs. It just happens. But what did I do? I trusted God, and I leaned on a support system of strong believers to help me through the process. Is that not called discipleship? It is. When we suffer, we have a sense to call for help. And the best thing is the Lord's waiting. He's been waiting for us to call for help. But the beauty of it is he's not just waiting for us during a time of struggling. He's waiting for us in a time of praise as well. If we came to God in a time where we were just hurting, we're putting God in a box. 
only taking them out when we need them. Instead of praising God for everything that we have and praising God for everything that we will have when we go to be with him in heaven. The third thing, he is patient by showing mercy in order to honor his name and keep his name from being defamed. God protects the integrity of his name. When he says he's going to do something, he does it. When he said he was going to send his son to die on a cross for our sins, he did it. When he said he was going to save the, the, the Israelites from the Egyptian bondage, he did it. When he said that he created the heavens and the earth, he did it. Why do we always have to ask questions about where his strength and where his ability is at? Are we not destroying the integrity of his name? Are we not saying that he cannot move mountains? Are we saying that he cannot make it possible to bring back life? These are all questions that some have considered. God is Fourth, God is patient by showing mercy to protect his glory. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth, God of the universe, and the most magnificent being who have ever existed. God would overcome anyone who stood in his presence. I can already tell you, if you haven't read the Bible, the end of the book tells you an amazing story about how he wins, even though he deals with a lot of people who denied him. So then we go into verse 12 through 22. This is a beautiful thing. It's God's ancient plan to redeem Israel. In verse 12 it says, Listen to me, O Jacob, and Israel, my called. I am he, I am the first, and I am the la- also the last. Indeed, my hand has laid the foundations of the earth, and my right hand is stretched out of the heavens. When I call to them, they stand up together. All of you assemble yourselves and hear. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves him. He shall do his pleasures on Babylon, and his arm shall be against the Chaldeans. I, even I, have spoken. Yes, I have called him. I have brought him, and his way will prosper. Come near to me, hear this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, I was there. And now the Lord God and his Spirit have sent me. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Oh, that you have heeded my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river. And your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants also would have been like the sand, and the offspring of your body like the grains of the sand. His name would not have been cut off, nor destroyed come before, from before me. Go forth into Babylon, flee, flee from the Chaldeans, with a voice of singing, declaring, proclaiming this, utter it to the end of the earth, say, The Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. And they did not thirst. When he, did, he, when he led them through the deserts, he caused the waters to flow from the rock from them. He also split the rock and water gushed out. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. 
He's, he's basically telling you that the future, there's going to be the Son of God who is going to walk among us. He is going to teach us what we need to know. If you want to know what God wants, look in the Gospel. Start reading. John is a very, it's a beautiful thing. He is so just amazing with spirituality. The spiritual nature of Christ. The spiritual nature of God. He doesn't call him a master. He calls him the son of God. Not with a lowercase s, but with an uppercase s. Meaning he is a proper person and a magnificent person to him. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they say he's their, their teacher. Their, their, their leader. Read John, read Mark, read Matthew, read all the parables, read the things that God had used to teach and be able to teach others as well. And believe it. We ask ourselves, well, what can we do? Well, the first thing is believe. You have to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You have to believe that he died on the cross for all of our sins. Now you think about that. There's a boy, about 55 people in here, and we sin daily. He bore that through the, nation, through the history of the world. That's a lot of sins to bear on that cross. Imagine the pain and the hurt that he went through. Then you have to believe that not only did he die, but he rose again. He conquered death. Now here comes the beautiful part. He provides a way of salvation by saying, I am the truth, the way, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. He says to you, believe in me, and I will remain in you. The person, the being that had conquered death, now remains in you. What does that tell us? We no longer die to sin. That's a beautiful thing. We should all be praising God just for that. He bore it, not us. And the people of Israel, they were warned. They were foretold of this. Even in the time of Genesis, when it talks about the heel that will stomp the snake, he was talking about Jesus. And then when you, you go through scriptures, it's not, it's not hidden. It's in plain day that Jesus Christ is going to come, and He's going to die, and He's going to live, He's going to conquer, and then He's going to come back for His people. Like I said before, are we ready? I said today that there's a time that God will come. It may not be right now. It may not be tomorrow. Only God knows. I would love to see all of your faces in heaven rejoicing and praising God and just having the excitement and presence of seeing loved ones. All who are happy and joyful where there's no pain, there's no suffering. So if today, if, you're, if you are not a believer and you're fighting with yourself, well, what, what do I need? What, what, where should I go? What do I need to learn? I ask you to come up here today. I would love to pray with you. I would love to talk with you. I'd love to build that relationship with you. Call the discipleship method. Build a, build a trust factor. 
tell you how God has changed my life, tell you who God is and what He's going to do so you know how powerful of a God He is. If today you're going through trials and tribulations where you need prayer, I'll be up here. I'll pray with you. That's our purpose. We're supposed to love our brothers, right? It says the first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Second one is love your brother like you love yourself. Love your neighbors. Treat them right. If I was to come here and not pray for you, then what kind of pastor would I be? If I came here just to preach a sermon and walk away, what did I do? In order to build that relationship and grow together, I'm here to pray for you. So as we sing together and praise and worship, I will stand up here today to pray. And if you don't want to come up here, that's fine. God knows what's going on in your heart. I don't have to know it. I'm not a, I'm not a Catholic priest. I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't, you don't have to come. You don't have to pay for me. None of, none of that stuff. Okay? I, I, I'm, I'm a representation of God. I'm here to pray and to serve him only. To him my allegiance is. So let us go to the Lord in prayer, and then let us do praise and worship. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for the message that you had given me today. Let it be heard like, like it should have been heard with the Israelites, Lord God. Let, let your voice be sound in our hearts and in our minds, and let us change our attitudes to be a, a faithful follower and obey and rely and trust in you. We ask ourselves, what can we do, Lord God? Give us a pathway and open a door for us to be able to disciple to somebody. Even if it's that one, Lord God, just give us somewhere where we can, and and walk with us as we go do it, because I know you will, and just help us along the way. Sometimes we ask ourselves, oh, I'm shy, or, or I can't do this, or I'm not good with words. But just like God had helped Moses and gave him Aaron, God will provide us a way and let us believe in our hearts that he is there to help us get where we need to be. Let us see the blessings that are given to us each day. Let us count our blessings, our many blessings, and the most important blessing of having him as our God. So Lord God, I pray for these people. You know what's going on in their families, their hearts, their their community. Lord God, I just pray that you reach to them in ways to change the environment of the world around us. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about Faith Community Church, you can find us online at fccsobo.org or on our Facebook page by searching Faith Community Church. As always, God loves you, we love you, and we hope you have a wonderful week.